The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Everybody, welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports NFL Podcast. I'm Will Vinson. I'm your host. Got a uh, post Christmas victim special. Joining me, Katie Mox under the weather. We're holding the fort down. We're all wearing black t-shirts, or I've got a collar on mine. Not that it makes it fancier. Shout out Wolfpack. I'm a lord of the weather as well. Fighting through. We'll call it my flu game. Joining me to do it. RJ White, Alex Selznick, AHA Prop Stars. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Hope you had a Merry Christmas and happy. Doing, doing good. We're all wearing black to celebrate the end of the year. Uh, and <laughs> once we get to January 1st, it's the time of rebirth. And, and so we're just paying our respects to the end of 2023 here. Yep. I'm fired up. I'm doing well as well. Happy holidays, Brinson. Happy holidays, RJ. Shout 2023 out can get... In the rearview mirror. What's up, Katie? Hope you're doing well. Feeling a little under the weather. And yeah, I'm excited. We've reached week 17. Uh, lots of interesting storylines. We've got teams making their final pushes for the playoffs. It's a fantasy championships in a lot of leagues. So yeah, no shortage of uh, really interesting things to chat about. Absolutely. Anything uh, stand out to you guys in terms of the holiday slate? I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of christmas on a monday i don't think uh that was a that that resulted in um that just you have the you know you have the monday christmas night and the three games and now where it's thursday for us and it's, it's weird for like the jobs that we do right i mean it's not like a normal job um but like monday like a, if you're like wednesday christmas or like wednesday christmas eve you feel like everybody's on board with no, nothing going on that week, right? And then you roll it through the, the weekend and you get your football. It, it was just very I, – I, it was very odd to have three games, Monday night, Christmas night, and poof. And, and you know, the, sort of the disappointment of 49ers and Ravens in terms of how competitive it was. Um, I don't know. It felt like it was very abrupt and sudden and sort of a letdown in terms of the holiday football slate and, and having, like, 
I don't know, post-holiday anxiety or whatever the hell it would be called. I would agree. Yeah. I felt like we had a weird cadence. Week 16 had just a weird cadence to it. And uh, the much better way to feel off. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I think week 17 looks a little bit better. I'm still not sure how I feel about Saturday football. But uh, hopefully we get some good matchups. And yeah. RJ, any thoughts on that? You don't care. Yeah, man. it you're, was you're interesting. A, you're, a, you're a spread killing robot. You don't care. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because you get the Thursday game, um, and then you have the two Saturday games. So it kind of starts to feel like that's the extended part of the weekend. Then you have the, the all the games on Sunday, so you feel like it's petering out. The two early matchups were supposed to be blowouts. One turned into an ugly loss for the Chiefs, as we know. Um, but then you know it kind of felt like by the time you get to the marquee game of Monday night, everybody's kind of like footballed out trying to deal with holidays and relatives and gifts and all that and it's like you know maybe if we compact the schedule a little bit and, and didn't draw the football out so much it'd have been easier to keep up with but so many standalone games to, to follow yeah that's that's the thing is it's it's just very i don't know i sort of wanted like one la- like i almost would have preferred a tuesday nfl game like like just toss out a single and a, we don't want to want that but i just wanted like the single game on tuesday i like the uh anyway maybe i'm Maybe I'm just an old curmudgeon who likes to be set in his ways. Who is to say? Regardless, let's get into the games. Before, by the way, if you like winning picks, make sure and sign up for sportsline.com. Use promo code PICK. Get your first month for a dollar. This episode of Pick 6 is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. You got me, Brady, and Dews talking about Russell Wilson getting benched, which is crazy. Um, Brock is going to Choke down $85 million in dead cap or $95 million in dead cap space next year, apparently. Um, eventual breakup with the Broncos. Might even be writing about that later. Let's uh, recap what happened in week 16. Nothing super special. Alex, the only one above 500 with a three and two record to get to exactly 500. If you could bet on me going three and three, you should do that because I've done it every week for the last six weeks. Ever since I switched to giving out six picks, it's hilarious. Uh, I will say that I'm annoyed by the Jets not covering. That's ridiculous. Um, and uh, the Packers probably should have covered too. I mean, that's a lot of road chalk that I was eating, but whatever. Katie goes two and four, is now one game under 500. RJ is 51, 51, and three after going three and three. Uh, the, 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 the year of the backup quarterback. Really showing out at 500 records for everybody in terms of our best bets. I hope let's let's all let's all take the next two weeks and get above 500. Maybe get way above 500. Get hot to close out the season. Obviously, lines and odds are subject to change. We record this at 2 p.m. on Thursday, so make sure and check with your book before tailing, especially this week and especially next week when you've got week 18 lines that are going to move all over the place. Of course, we've got. Um, you know, a couple of games here where we've seen massive line movements and we will get to those notably with the, the bills in, in, in Washington, but let's start with an incredible NFC battle between the Cowboys and the lions in Dallas. This one is, I don't know, man, RJ, this seems like a pretty good spot to sort of take the narrative from last week and flip it on its head and lay what's become a shorter number. It was Cowboys minus six down to four and a half, which is a little spooky if you're taking the Cowboys, which I am doing as a best bet. Dallas on the road against Miami struggles offensively. 
to really close, you know, finish drives. You have a, you know, Tony Pollard pulled down to the one inch line. Awesome. If you're starting Pollard and Dak and against the Dolphins defense in your fantasy championship, sweet. Congrats, Leaguer. Um, Detroit wins their division title first time since 93 on the road against a division rival and now has to go play the team that's been the best home team in football this season. Dallas undefeated at home. RJ, I, I got the Cowboys as the best bet here. How about you? I have the Cowboys as a best bet as well. We're getting four and a half at FanDuel. It's still five and a half across most of the market. I was hoping it would come down when it was at six because I wanted to play the Cowboys, but felt like the, the market should be backing the Lions here and bring it down a little bit for us. So I'm glad that we're getting it at four and a half for the podcast here and put it in as a best bet. It was a disappointing result for Dallas against Miami, but I thought Dak Prescott still looked good. I thought the defense held strong in the red zone in that game. That goal line fumble early proved costly for the Cowboys, ended up costing them the game. I don't think that they played particularly poorly, though. I think it was a little bit um, of getting rid of the narrative of they can only beat bad teams. I thought they could have beat Miami there. Um, The Detroit defense was bailed out repeatedly last week by bad Nick Mullins throws. Uh, They still gave up an awful 9.3 yards per attempt. Uh, And now against a better quarterback here that is going to make those same mistakes. I think it could be a tough week for them because they can't really stop the pass because Dak's not going to make those mistakes. So I expect a lot of points on the Dallas side here. I don't know if the Detroit offense keeps up. It's going to be a little bit of a letdown spot after they finally win the division. Um, You know, a lot of partying last week coming off of that game. Um, So we'll see if they show up here. But even if they do, tough matchup on the road against the Cowboys team that plays very well at home. Uh, My power ratings would have made it around six, uh, did make it around six. But now that we've dropped off a little bit, I think Dallas is in the spot here. They're a little more desperate team uh, with the Lions coming off that win. So I love playing Dallas here at four and a half. If you do have five and a half, it's still a lean to the Cowboys. Like I said, I would make the line six. Worth, worth noting too, uh, Alex, that on the injury report, um, Rico Dowdle, the, and this may be interesting for, for Taylor, for Tony Pollard props, but uh, Dowdle uh, was limited Tuesday, did not practice Wednesday. We also got... Zach Martin limited Tuesday did not practice Wednesday, which is just a weird shift. Usually you would see him ramp up if they were limited. Maybe it was sort of a, a day off trying to get him healthy. Tyron Smith did not practice either day. Again, we record this on Thursday. So keep an eye on those because that's two really the two Cowboys. Well, I don't know if they're two best off- offensive linemen. Tyler Smith is, is really good too, but two of the three best offensive linemen for the Cowboys. And then for Detroit, Frank Ragnall, full practice. Panay Sewell, full practice. And Taylor Decker, limited practice Tuesday, did not practice Wednesday. Just, again, that offensive line for Jared Goff, I think with Micah Parsons and uh, Dexter Lawrence there, that's pretty key as well. So keep it – I think I think this is definitely one – I like the Cow. I love the Cowboys still, but the – the I, if you see this line moving, don't, don't think it's some sharp hammering one side. It may just be these offensive line injuries, which matter a ton. Absolutely, Princeton. Yeah, that would uh, make a significant, significant steep downgrade uh, for the run game. And even I think it would trickle down to, uh, you know, the amount of time that Dak would have to throw uh, if any of those guys, much less multiple offensive linemen, especially uh, if we're talking about Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are missing this game. Did want to point out this is a just absolutely fantastic potential blow up spot for CeeDee Lamb. Also, for the first time in his career, his prop is at triple digits. It is 105 wow. yards. Uh, makes sense when we break down this matchup. Detroit, one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Their their pass rush has been middle of the pack, so Dak should have plenty of time. Granted, the offensive line is fairly healthy. CeeDee Lamb, we've talked about it on this specific show, all season long is playing at an exceptionally high level, has really entered that top-tier pantheon of elite wide receivers 
He's been just unguardable. Uh, and the Lions, I believe, double team at the lowest rate in the NFL. So if that is the case, playing at home, obviously optimal conditions uh, against a Detroit pass defense that's just been shredded by opposing number one wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb could go absolutely ballistic. You'd obviously have to pay a hefty price if we're betting the prop market, though, considering, as we mentioned, it's 105 yards. That is a substantial number. On so the we'll other side, oh, yeah, we'll point out those injury reports that um, I think Tuesday was probably a walkthrough for both teams with a short oh, yeah. week. Um, so they they can put kind of whatever they want there. They can estimate. Um, and really, Wednesday, what happened Wednesday is key. And this is Thursday. We haven't got the final reports yet, but obviously, what the what the designations say on Thursday is going to be a, a big indicator of where you should go in this matchup. Yeah, and that, that's a great point because. Um, there's no even injuries listed for the Cowboys yet. Uh, they are they are listed for for the Lions. It looks better for the Lions right now. Still like the Cowboys. Thought that the offensive line did a pretty good job against a stout Miami defense uh, relative to all the injuries that they were dealing with. Speaking of the Dolphins, the winners of the Fraud Bowl, bing, it's a bingo. Head to D head to Detroit. Head to Baltimore. Head to D Charm City, where they face the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore coming off a Christmas night. Lay down of the San Francisco 49ers. Miami squeaks out a win against the Cowboys with a very impressive final drive there by the Miami offense. Total here of 46 and a half. The Ravens favored by three and a half. I, I guess the question is, RJ, did the Dolphins do enough for you to say they can beat a good team? and go on the road and beat the Ravens who are pretty healthy and playing some really good football. My my gut says no. I was tempted to make this Baltimore a best bet at three and a half, but the it, it's a it's a they've just been so good against quality teams at home. It's just a lot of points for a Miami team that is, is fighting, you know, I think still alive for the one seed. Yeah, it, it's tough for the Dolphins, the really banged up team right now. A lot of people on the Wednesday injury report. I would make it three if I knew everyone was healthy. So a little bit of value on the Dolphins there. But with the injuries, really, um, you know, we'll, we'll see who's available on Baltimore side. I know Kyle Hamilton also dealing with an injury. Zay Flowers there, too, mispractice. So they have a couple key injuries, too, but it seems a lot worse on Miami side. Uh, Miami gutted out a win versus a good team, killed that narrative they can't beat good teams. Must-win game for them for the division race and to stay alive in the number one seed here. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to overrate Baltimore too much with that win at San Francisco since it's just one week and you don't want to put too much into one week. Where the defense was helped a little bit by some deflected interceptions, and not to say they didn't deserve, you know, to win the game handily there. But you know, a couple of those bounce up in the air, and a lot of teams they fall down to the ground, you know, and, and they were just falling right to the right guys there. Baltimore is vulnerable against the run, so we'll see if, if Miami's able to exploit that. But their running backs are banged up. Their offensive line was is beat up. It wasn't that effective in the run game against Dallas, which we thought it would be with Jonathan Hankins out. Um, so we'll see there. Miami quietly has a highly rated defense, and a lot of it, some of that is scheduled too. Um, but that you could say that about the Ravens for a lot of the season that that their their highly rated defense was based on who they were playing, the offense they were playing, and Miami really did a respectable job against an MVP candidate in Dak to be able to win that game, just did enough to, to, to win the game there. So expected there to be some Baltimore backers, not surprised it'll reopen at four, um, came down a little bit. Now it's three, three and a half in the market. So I think people do believe Miami can keep this a close game. Um, so big game for both teams in what they can do next week. If Baltimore wins this, they can just rest guys next week. They don't have to worry about, about uh, uh, getting anybody hurt in week 18. So big game either side. My lean would be to take the points here at three and a half, but I think three is the right number. So I'm in no rush to play it. Steelers in uh, week 18 for the Ravens. Um, did you get any Lamar for MVP, Alex? 
I did, Brinson. Yeah, actually. Nice. Uh, but prior to uh, this game, I've been yeah, I've been kind of adding to my position uh, pretty much. I think since week nine, week ten. I know we've discussed it here at length. Yep. Lamar just has been fantastic. Really put a stamp on it against the 49ers, Obviously, playing prime time versus you know potentially uh, for the number one seed. Uh, really just put an exclamation on things. I think we'll see the same against Miami. I think Miami has the ability to push Baltimore a little bit too. And uh, yeah, we'll just see Lamar continue to be efficient, spread the ball around doing so without Mark Andrews continues to be uh, very impressive, especially looking at the running back depth chart as well. So yeah, this is just like another spot for Lamar to continue to rely on his legs and spread the ball around. And I uh, like Baltimore in this spot. Do we think RJ that Tua? Is still alive for the MVP? Absolutely. I mean, if they win this game, I think uh, he might be in the lead for MVP. I mean, it's really just it, – it's kind of weird. We've had MVP playoffs the last few weeks. I know, we little, I know exactly. We had a little semifinal matchup between uh, Lamar Jackson and Brock Purdy. We had a semifinal matchup between Tua and Dak Prescott. Dak? <laughs> the, the two winners advanced to this week to play each other in, in Tua and Lamar. And if Tua wins and Miami wins, then then they're going to be playing uh, the Bills and trying to. Uh, I, I you know I think they might have the division at that point. The Bills need them to lose, but still, if Josh Allen has a big game in that sense, maybe he takes it away from Tua in the end. I don't know. So so it's it's weird that all these quarterbacks are playing each other that are in the mix for the, for the just that the schedule worked out that way. They're in the mix for the MVP. Yeah, it's crazy. Seventy six percent chance to win the division for the Dolphins. If they beat the Ravens, they lock up the division. Um, oh no, excuse me. Uh, yeah. If no, oh, no, no, I was looking to make the playoffs. I was like, I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. Uh, if they beat the Ravens, they win the division. If not, it's, they can still win. Even if the bills beat them. I don't think that's right. Uh, anyway, you get the point. They need, if they beat the Ravens, they lock up the division and two would be in the MVP race. I think it's just interesting because Josh Allen is still right there. For MVP, but the problem is if Lamar beats the Dolphins, Lamar probably cements it. And if the Dolphins beat the Ravens, then Josh Allen can't win the division when he plays the Dolphins, so it might not matter. Uh, so there's RIP to those Josh Allen tickets, potentially. Speaking of the Bills, they are hosting the Patriots as a robust 13 and a half point favorite. I, oh, yeah, I put that in at 13. I put it in at 13. On Sportsline, that's right. All my picks are on Sportsline. Now the holidays are ever. Back to being focused, RJ. I've got the Bills here as a best bet. I think it was 13 at, at 1 o'clock, so I'm going to take 13. Um, if you look at last week, they go to the Chargers on a short week, playing on Saturday against a team that just fired its coach. So you got the dead cat bounce factor there. Um, against a you know a, a defense that had was re-energized and was motivated after basically not winning their Super Bowl, but beating the Chiefs, coming off this huge win, and then going on the road for the second week in a row, all the way across the country, and in that letdown spot on a short week against a team that shouldn't have been hyped up, but was because they were on a 10-day mini-buy after firing their coach. So really bad spot in hindsight for the Bills against the Chargers. Should have been more obvious. I think this is a really good spot for the Bills against the Patriots. It's a Patriots team that's just not very good. They are struggling on offense. I know that they've beat Denver, but that, that doesn't impress me that much. Buffalo and Sean McDermott in particular, they lost earlier this you know, this year, so there's a little bit of a revenge factor. I think they know this is probably Bill Belichick's last game against the Bills in New England. Would love to send him out with an L. 
you can, and they, they have taken a they've had a habit and a proclivity of beating down really like divisional opponents late in the season when they are getting going and the bills are getting going right now alex um stefan diggs had a very quiet game against the chargers do you think he can get going here I do think he can get going here, Brinson. And it's been a really quiet second half of the season for Stephon Diggs. He's averaging just around 50 receiving yards per game. Uh, since Brady has taken over as the offensive play caller over Ken Dorsey, he's his, uh, his, he's, he hasn't eclipsed 75 receiving yards in a game. So I really think this is going to be a squeaky wheel, gets the grease sort of spot for Stephon Diggs against the Patriots. The Patriots defense, albeit above average, is a significant pass funnel, mostly as a result because their run defense is elite. First, an EPA allowed per rush. We've seen the Bills uh, pivot to being a much more conservative offense under Joe Brady, a lot of more James Cook. But I do think this is a spot. I think, I think Diggs is upset and i think josh allen's going to appease his number one receiver and we just see a lot of volume which is why i'm choosing to go with receptions versus yards here uh, i do think we're going to see josh allen pepper him with double digit targets uh in this game so i'd like him to go over five and a half receptions rj any thoughts on your bills yeah, they suffered a scare against the Chargers. They did dominate that game in stats, 6.2 to 4.2 yards per play. They just need to stop with the dumb turnovers. And and my worry here is that the Patriots are a team that can create those dumb turnovers and take advantage of them. You know, so it's just um, you need to play better. You need to play better than you did earlier in the year when they were played by Mac Jones, of all people. Uh, so they know they can lose to the Patriots at any time. They can't sleepwalk here like they did last week. New England's run offense, I thought they would be a great matchup last week. I thought they'd have a good game, did nothing really. Uh, but Bailey Zappi stepped up and helped them outgain Denver by more than by, by a yard per play. Um, don't think that's going to happen here. The offense was cons- inconsistent for New England. Eight of their 13 drives didn't even net 10 yards. So it was really like a boomer bust type of thing for the offense. And Buffalo's defense been playing pretty well. I feel like they'll dominate the stats in this game. Whether they cover this big of a number um, is going to depend on whether they – commit those dumb turnovers and you just never know with them every week. So I played it at 11 and a half um, early in the week because uh, my number was 14. Now that it's getting up into that 13 and a half range, not really w- willing to play it here. So going to be a stay away from me. All right. I like Buffalo. Buffalo's going to trounce them. Buffalo Rams, Super Bowl, Bills Rams, Super Bowl, Stafford versus Josh Allen. All they do is stand at midfield and throw and see you can throw the most footballs like onto Mars. Be an awesome game. Stafford would beat him too. Warming up your arm, RJ. Will the Bills warm up. Mm. Okay, never mind. Moving on. See, where everybody's <laughs> got a little holiday hangover. Falcons at the Bears. Bears minus three over under 37 and a half. Uh, the Bears in the Cardinals game really flew under the radar, just like on the whole week. Uh, the Bears smoked the Cardinals at Kyler Murray, and now they get Taylor Heineke. Um, man, it is uh, pretty difficult to see a ton of points here, although I thought Heineke. It's weird how some of these coaches behave. Arthur Smith, Taylor Heideke, clearly an upgrade over Desmond Ritter. And, you know, Jacoby Brissett, clearly an upgrade over Sam Howell. Not just because where they went to school. It's surprising that it takes these guys so long to figure it out. RJ, you got anything on this game in terms of a best bet? I, this is an, I hope this game's on Fox because it's unwatchable. 
Yeah, you you say that about the Bears. Actually, you know, I like the Bears last week. I think they're an underrated team. I want to play them this week, but I think this line, it seemed like it was trending down toward the Falcons and it might get to two and a half. So I've been waiting to hope, hoping to get two and a half. And if we do, I'm going to jump on the Bears at two and a half. My play on this game is Atlanta to go under their team total of 17 and a half points. Their offense bounced back in a huge way by leaning on the running backs who had 10 of their 23 receptions in addition to the 28 carries. And even though the Bears defense was effective at limiting Arizona's running backs in the run game, um, they struggled against them in the past game. Uh, so they'll have to correct some of that because it seemed like, uh, you know, some 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 in routes were open for like 10 yards every single time they wanted it to to those running backs. But the Bears are third in rush yards per, per allowed. So I think you're going to put the game in Heineke's hands. He's dealing with an injury um, limited to start the week in practice. A lot of his offensive linemen also dealing with some injuries. Um, so I, I don't know that they're going to score a ton of points here. The Atlanta defense did a great job sitting down Jonathan Taylor and the Bears offense really needs the run game working to have a shot at success. So that's why I'm not confident enough to put the Bears in as a play at minus three because I could see this being a three-point low-scoring game. But that Atlanta offense has just been awful on the road. They lost road Heineke starts earlier in the year against Tennessee and Arizona, and that was actually the two games where they played well. Um, uh, You know, actually had their offense score some points. All the other times they've been terrible. Um, So even though the the power, power rating say the line should be a little higher with Chicago's good home field advantage, feel like it's going to be a field goal game either way. Want to lay two and a half. Easier playing the under for me here and just expecting this Atlanta offense to not have any consistency week to week and to struggle against an improved Bears defense. You know, it's hilarious on uh, tankathon.com, which is tracks every sport who's like hurtling towards the first overall pick. Um, If you go to like a team schedule on tankathon, (laughs) I don't know why this makes me laugh so much, but like, the Bears play the Panthers, right? And the Bears beat the Panthers. The W next to it is in red, as if it's a loss, because it's you know because you're you're going away from the number one overall pick, and all the uh, all the L's are in green. I find that just incredibly um, amusing. So I don't know. That's just my thought on the. But the Bears, the Bears, ice cold according to Tankathon, four and two in their last six games. Granted, not exactly playing a murderous row, but they, they did fight with Detroit. I agree with you. I think they're they're an underrated team and they're gonna play themselves they're gonna play themselves out of the top ten pick. Fortunately for them, Carolina is trash. Although maybe the Panthers can steal something in terms of sliding out of that one spot. We will see. Titans at the Texans. Texans minus five and a half, a total of forty three and a half. The Texans, the last time the Titans played, coming into that game, Derrick Henry had rushed for 115 yards per game against Houston in his career. That is outrageous. I think it's like 10 games, 12 touchdowns, just destroying them, averaging like 70 yards a carry. And D'Amico Ryans, and this is why I think if you're a, a, a Texans fan, you have to be thrilled not just about the surprisingly impressive season you've gotten from C.J. Stroud, but, all, and, but also like D'Amico Ryans, comes up with a plan to completely stifle Derrick Henry, who is a Texans killer. CJ Stroud should be back for this game, hence the high spread. Any interest in laying anything here, RJ, with this AFC South matchup? We took Houston early in the week at three and a half, thinking that Stroud would trend toward being back at five and a half. It's starting to get into the range where, um, you know, I would make it five with Stroud. So I was starting to look at the Titans. If he gets to six, maybe worth a playback on the Titans. 
Um, Levis is likely going to be back for this game too, not just Stroud. Tennessee fought valiantly against Seattle. They showed that they're not giving up on the season despite being out of it. Um, Ron offense found new life, but Houston's rush defense has been top tier this year, but they're dealing with a lot of injuries, especially up front. I think they have two defensive tackles, Sheldon Rankins, Malik Collins, two defensive ends, Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson, all missing practice, all hurt, all in doubt for this game. So if you put the second second unit in, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's going to be a little bit easier for Henry to run the ball in this matchup here. Um, Houston was completely blown out by Cleveland. Two garbage time touchdowns disguised it a bit in the final score, um, but going to have an easier matchup here against this Tennessee defense that, that can't stop the pass. So now that the line's up, you know, like I said, I'm not playing Houston at this number. If you're going to play it, I think you got to play the Titans, but probably just going to be a stay away um, unless it gets a, the line gets a little bit more out of hand in, in the Titans' favor. Okay. Yeah, not a whole lot to love about this particular game. Raiders at the Colts. It's actually the line is kind of surprising given how well the Raiders have played. I guess the Colts do have, if they get Michael Pittman back, Jonathan Taylor back, they've clearly got a little more ammunition. Expected that Josh Jacobs is going to miss this game. Um, Aiden O'Connell, you know, they beat they they beat the Chiefs without Aiden O'Connell completing a pass for the final three quarters um of of that game. And so like I don't I don't know, man. I it's 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 just a it's a it's a tough it's a it's a tough spot because I feel like the Raiders should be shouldn't be getting the three and a half, but there's something that is stinky about about the line. Like the Colts could absolutely blow them out. Alex, any thoughts on uh this matchup here and, and how Michael Pittman's possible return would affect props and whatnot? I've just been impressed with the Colts' resiliency, regardless of who's at quarterback, obviously, or even yeah. playing wide receiver or running back. Uh they've just been pretty effective almost all year long. Uh certainly. Uh, defying a lot of expectations and just playing uh, very good football. As far as the Raiders are concerned, yeah, that, that stat regarding O'Connell not having completed a pass in the final three quarters is just unbelievable. I know the running game was really working. Zamir White had the big game uh, against the really poor Kansas City run defense. It's just been dismal all season long. Uh, I do think the Raiders can have success on the ground against this Colts front seven who have been – Average to below average for most of the year. I do think obviously getting Michael Pittman back for the Colts would be a big boost. He's quietly having an excellent season, specifically from a volume standpoint as well. He's been the number one target in that offense. But, yeah, no props yet from this game. So kind of just sitting back and just seeing how things unfold from a practice standpoint and then going from there. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, the Colts are eight and seven, but they look like you know the worst team in the league on those seven losses. They're just uh, so super ugly whenever they lose, and then when they win, they can they can hang with some good teams. They can beat some good teams. They beat Baltimore in Baltimore, you know, earlier this year, um, and, and you just never know what to expect with them. They scored, I think it was thirty nine and a win over the 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 Browns, or maybe it was thirty eight and they lost, but just. This team, you just never know what you're getting. So, so if I knew which Colts team was showing up, I could tell you who to bet. But I do know that they haven't been um, more than three point, even three point favorites all year. This is like new territory for them to be laying three and a half. And as you mentioned, it's against a Raiders team that's playing hard and playing well for their their coach. They I, that everybody clearly wants them him to be the full time coach next year. Um, so I think the defense can show up for them in this game. Just very worried about that offense for Vegas that is not doing anything. 
um, and Aiden O'Connell just it can't be the quarterback moving forward in 2024. He just is not isn't with the weapons they have in place. He's not getting it done there. Um, so even though the, the market wanted to push it towards Indy when it was on three, I'm kind of with you that that Raiders can to be a little defensive, keep it a close game. I just worry about their offense doing enough to hang here. So if I'm going to play anything, it's probably going to be the under either on the Raiders or, or, or the game in general. Um, but probably just going to be a stay away at three and a half. All right. Let's take a break. But when we come back, more games and the pick six parlay. We'll tell you about it next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Time for the Pick 6 Parlay. We select a game. For a four-leg money line parlay, the rules by now everyone should be familiar with it. The person with the best record the previous week gets to pick first, second place, second, so on and so on. By the end, we have to have at least one plus money pick. So three it can be three favorites and a dog, but we got to have a dog in the parlay. This pick six parlay segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Last week, we almost had it. Unbelievable. Patriots plus 235 on Christmas. Was it Christmas Eve? It was Christmas Eve, right? Christmas Eve, yeah. Christmas Eve. They Santa drops a two and a half plus 235 miracle with the Pats beating the Broncos on the road on Christmas Eve. Good call, RJ. Thanks. It was Katie. Oh, no, was it was me. Oh, it was RJ. No, it was That's me. right. Yeah, yeah. I said we could go. We can go um, the the safer underdog, or we could go with the uh, the spicy one. And you wanted to go spicy, so I went Patriots. That's right. The safer one came through too. It was Steelers. So oh, way, that's there. crazy. Yeah, the um, the Patriots. And by the way, I mean just really quickly on the page. Well, actually, you know what? We'll yeah, we talk about this really quickly. Well, actually, we'll talk. We'll talk about the Patriots in a second. Let's just get through the parlay. I was going to point out that the Broncos cost a lot of people a lot of money in the survive in the circus survivor. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough, that's a tough L because like your Christmas Eve, you've got, so I think, uh, there were 10 people left. Six of them took the Broncos. One guy took the Rams, a couple of two of the bears and one had the Packers. So like bears with the bears are the easiest sweat. Rams are the easiest sweat. Cause you ran on Thursday. You have to worry about it going into Christmas. Uh, and then of course the, the Packers, um, you know, all like, there's just a whole lot of, you know, um, anyway, we lost to the freaking Chiefs. The Chiefs lose to the Raiders at home as massive minus 500 favorites. And that cost us the parlay. 
That is that is so crappy. Like brutal, man. But we will be back at it. Two's pitiful Christmas performance did us in. Alex, you get the nod first up. What's funny, Brinson, is I think the majority of times that we've lost, it's been on a heavy favorite and not the uh, I know the dog. So hopefully we can reverse that trend this week. But yeah, I'm gonna go full chalk, full homer here. Take my Philadelphia Eagles against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles are gonna roll on what I believe is the worst defense in the league. I think we see the Eagles really trying to make a statement game. They've had trouble closing out opponents. Uh, their aggressiveness has kind of come into question. Uh, so, yeah, I think we see the Eagles really make a concerted effort to finish the game strong, and we just see a very aggressive offensive game plan against the Cardinals defense they should have their way with. I got to be honest. I don't know if I love the – I mean, like, I'm totally, I don't blame you. Like, I mean, they're 10.5-point favorites. Like, perfectly fine with it. I don't I – don't, I think the Cardinals – can keep things a little frisky here. Arizona got smoked. I think I just think the, the Chiefs, I mean, excuse me, the uh the Bears and the um 49ers defenses, the Eagles defense just didn't play in well right now, but yes, they should be able to score enough. And I like took the Cardinals as well, we'll get to them. Any, anyway, uh, RJ, you are up with the second pick. Yeah. Alex is not worried about the Jonathan Gannon revenge spot. I'm about the two Ooh, get into that game, but about the team Jonathan playing Gannon hard, hard spot. for the film recoordinator turn off and for turn coach for them. So that'll be interesting. I always preach here: um, you should be you should be willing to take a team with the spread if you're going to play them on this money line and put them in a parlay here. Um, you have to believe that they're going to cover that spread for this to, to equate to value. And one team we know I like to cover the spread is the Cowboys. So I'm going to put the Cowboys in at minus two ten as my pick. Um, I think that's the best favorite here to take. I, I would prefer them even to these higher, um, you know, favored games like the the Bills and the Eagles because I think that Cowboys line should be a little bit higher. Okay. Um, so we got, let's see, let's put in the Eagles and the Cowboys. Oh, oh, me, oh, my. So I'm left to pick a dog for Katie. As well as let's do a let's do a group. Let's find a dog as a group. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, Who's your favorite? I think the Bills are the the pick to be the favorite. I mean, minus eight fifty is a ton, but thirteen and a half point favorites. I have a hard time seeing them fall. Well, really, I mean, San Francisco. I think is in a good bounce back spot, but a little spooky. Uh, yeah, I think the Bills at home, divisional matchup. I mean, you know, they're they're in a very good spot to make the playoffs, but they still need to they still need to like win this game. Like you can't f around and find out when it comes to this game. So we will go Bills minus eight fifty. That gives us minus one oh four already on the parlay. So we're almost at plus money anyway, thanks to the Cowboys just being minus two ten. I, I like the three favorite picks here. Got to find an underdog. May I suggest the same strategy as last week and fading the Broncos? Oh, I'm down for that. I'm yeah, actually plus, shocked by this line. Yeah, it was much higher later in the earlier in the week, and then we found out Jared Stidham was going to start. That dropped the line two points. I don't think it dropped the line enough. I think we'll get into the game, but I think there's more of a drop off from Russell Wilson to Stidham. I don't think Wilson was playing at the level of, of needing to be benched, and so I don't think the market has reacted enough, and we're still getting good value on this money line. Yeah, and I think too when you look at this game, it's a situation where. If you're a Broncos player and you know that you're still alive for the playoffs and they're benching, you're benching your quote unquote franchise quarterback, 
you have to kind of think that like they're they're folding up shop and playing for 2024 or even 2025 to like rebuild this team just the way that things are structured like you're hearing the buzz about the cap the the salary cap stuff and and how much it's going to affect next year you know, if you can't trade him which you very won't be likely to do that um meanwhile the chargers uh what's a gif what's gif gif smith what's his last name gif yeah smith gif smith they're playing hard for these guys so I don't know. I like it. Let's go Chargers. And then we have Eagles minus 520, Cowboys minus 210, Bills minus 850, and the Chargers plus 156. That gives us a four-leg parlay. Four to one plus 403 for the uh, for the Pick 6 par- podcast parlay, which we are due to hit at some point soon. Let's get that cash this week. Pick six, this Pick 6 podcast, this Pick 6 parlay segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The Los Angeles Rams headed to the New York Giants to play Tyrod Taylor. I was about to say it's a Tyrod Taylor revenge game, but no, he played for the other LA team. Played for a bunch of football teams. Rams are minus five and a half in this spot with a total of 44 and a half, kind of a sneaky high total there for a game between, I think, two teams that people aren't that interested in. I would point out that Matthew Stafford, as Don Wink Martindale said this today, playing at a Hall of Fame level, hello, and an MVP level. He and Lamar, the two guys that, that Wink said are playing at an MVP level. Uh, Matthew Stafford, third on my MVP ballot, if I, if I had one, the ones we do for CBSSports.com. He's playing awesome football. He's locked in. He's healthy. And as long as he's healthy, this, this Rams team, can, I swear, can hang with anybody in the NFL. You know, the 49ers and the, and the Ravens obviously would be favored over him. Several teams would, but the Rams can hang with anybody. And Stafford, I'll tell you, Stafford, Stafford, Josh Allen, Super Bowl matchup. Not that crazy. Give me the Rams as a best bet. Um, credit to the Giants coaching staff for keeping this team going and keep the effort is there every week. They're trying, they battle back against Philly in a really difficult spot on Christmas day. Tyrod Taylor is a huge upgrade over Tommy DeVito, but they just don't have a ton of talent on, on the offensive side of the ball right now in terms of the skill position guys. I think the Rams can limit them. Les needs a tremendous job building the talent around the superstars. Give me the Rams as a best bet minus five and a half on the road. Surprised you didn't put them in the parlay as your as your money line pick with uh, how much lower they are, um, considering how Stafford's going to win the MVP and he's a Hall of Famer. He is a Hall of Famer. He's going to well, he's not going to win MVP. He's going to get an MVP vote. If we did if we did that instead, by the way, it would be uh, plus five forty six. I think the Bills are much more like road game across the country on that crappy field versus Bills at home. I, I feel much more comfortable about the Bills. So. So I agreed with the initial move when it went down to four, four and a half. I think that's fair because Tyra Taylor is a massive upgrade on DeVito for the offense and um, he can keep this game close. The Rams, I don't think should be higher favorites than seven against anyone. And the Giants, I think are a little bit more respectable team with Taylor in there Um, at five and a half. It's kind of in that mid zone here of, I don't know which team I really want to play. I feel like Giants are probably the smart play. 
that Rams team is just tough to get in front of right now. Number six in yards per play, top 10 in yards per rush and yards per pass, 399 plus yards and five straight after beating down New Orleans. And it was a blowout, even though the score didn't reflect it. It was 30 to seven midway through the fourth quarter. So I counted as a blowout. That defense is capable of shutting down limited offenses, held three of their last six opponents under 300 yards. I'm not sure if the Giants have a limited offense with Taylor. I guess we're going to find out. Uh, so if he can engineer some scoring drives, maybe hit some big plays like that slate and play, stay close. Um, the Giants can cover here. My problem is the Giants defense is now 27th in yards per play. So I think the Rams, as long as they don't sleepwalk in this game, look ahead to facing uh, San Francisco next week um, with potentially the playoff spot on the line. Um, if they show up for this game, they should cover, they win and cover, but it's just a tough spot for them. So I'm going to stay away. Anything here for you, Prop? I just continue to be impressed with Kyron Williams. Last week, we talked about Brinson, how his combo line was almost identical to Christian McCaffrey's. Well, this week it is even higher than wow. Christian McCaffrey, and Christian McCaffrey is playing against the Washington Commanders. So that wow. should tell you all you need to know about how well Kyron Williams is running the football right now. His rushing line is 94 yards and heading north. Obviously has three-ounce skill set. Uh, the Rams utilizing him. And just he has as big as a running back uh, carry share as any running back in the league. So the usage is absolutely through the roof. And he's just been incredibly productive. And he's certainly going to be on a lot of championship fantasy teams as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. He uh, if he had if he didn't win a championship last week, he's going to do is you are you want to be starting him this week. You mentioned Christian McCaffrey. He is going on the road along with the San Francisco 49ers, licking their wounds to play the Washington Commanders after getting, they just got beat down. I mean, sorry, they got beat down on Sunday night, on Monday night, and on Christmas night. And now they're going to Washington as a huge favorite, minus 12 and a half, total here, 49 and a half. Um, I got a best bet on this one. I'm going to take Washington. I think if you, like, you, I had the Jets last week. And I'm furious the Jets didn't cover. The Jets can't cover three. They were up there blowing out Washington. It was an absolute beatdown. Ron Rivera decides to put in Jacoby Brissett in the fourth quarter. And Jacoby Brissett just engineers touchdown drive after touchdown drive. It's because he's competent. And he's a veteran who's been in the league for a long time. And Sam Howell's a younger guy who's essentially like starting as like what amounts to you know, being a fifth-round rookie after they made him sit behind Carson Wentz. He's holding the ball a ton. He takes tons of sacks. Jacoby's more a little more effectively mobile. And just a smarter player. And I think that you're going to see Washington able to move the ball against like the Niners are going to, are going to be, I'm a little concerned here because this is Kyle Shanahan hates the, hates Washington, but Dan Snyder's not only, he doesn't in the owner anymore. So maybe that eases up uh, Kyle's disgust with his team a little bit. We'll, um, we'll see. I, I just, um, I'm going to take Washington with, with the fighting Jacoby resets to cover this big number. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But as long as, as long as they can storm through the back door and or like just get, get, be close going late, I think San Francisco will try and just stay healthy and close this game out. 
Yeah, I liked the Commanders when they were 13 and a half, um, expecting Brissett was going to take over as starter. And he he is, so the line's trended down toward them. Um, I think they're going to score points. My best bet here is Washington going over 17 and a half points on their team total. The reason I like playing this is I don't know what we're going to get from the 49ers offense. I mean, they should uh, get 400 yards and 30 plus points in this game. That's bare minimum against this awful defense. Um, but that's if everyone is healthy. And they came out of that game really beat up. Brock Purdy dealing with an injury. The MVP of the team, Trent Williams, dealing with an injury. Um, so we'll see about the availability of those guys. And if everybody's healthy and they're in, I mean, they're, I think they'll score 40 in this game. And then I'm not as confident in Washington covering, but Brissett right. could do it. I mean, he could get them to 30 points. He, he engineered five straight touchdown drives over the last two games when he came in um, cold on the, in those games. So who knows what he's going to do in this matchup here. And it's not like the 49ers defense has been playing that well either. So um, the potential for the 49ers to sleepwalk is big road favorites here. Um, so I don't think anybody should be laying the points. If you're going to play the spread, play the commanders. Um, but now at 12 and a half, I think the better play is to just take Washington and go over 17 and a half. Cause I'm pretty confident they'll get to 20 points with Brissette at quarterback. Uh, do we give Katie the Niners team total over as an honorary honorary pick? It's gotta be like 30 something, right? It's got to be in the 30s. Um, no, nah, if she didn't make the pick, let's not give it to her. But we will note that she would definitely take it in this matchup, no matter what the number is. They can make it 39 and a half, and I'm sure she'd take it. <laughs> That's right. Um, trying to see what the total. Let's see. I got 31 and a half, and it's juice to the under. Mm, 31 and a half is a lot of points. I mean, that's a lot of points for a team total, especially on the road when you're banged up. And I mean, like, look. Will this game? Oh, also, will this game? I'm trying to th- think if this this game's got to be at one o'clock, right? Or is this game at four o'clock? Yes, one o'clock. Okay, so one o'clock. Okay. Oh, but the Lions and Cowboys play on Saturday, so the Cowboys win. San Francisco sh- is feels really good about it. Like, is not you know what I mean? Like, there's a. I'm just wondering, like, will San Francisco potentially be sort of like not 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 sleep? Not, I mean, like. If the Lions win, doesn't that... If the Lions see- lose, they still have to worry about the Eagles, and the Eagles have very easy matchups the last two weeks. So That's 49ers true. cannot a- afford to lose either game and think that they're going to get the one seed. Right. Okay. That is a good call. But if the... Yeah, it's actually not even that big a difference between Cowboys and Lions. Never mind. All right, carry on. <sighs> I tried. Panthers at the Jaguars. 19 mid 90s expansion team Super Bowl here. Carolina headed down to Jacksonville to take on a reeling Jacksonville Jaguars team. Jacksonville losers of four straight at home against the Bengals in that Monday night game where Trevor Lawrence got hurt at the Browns, home against the Ravens, and at the Buccaneers. They have lost uh, the last two by double digits. Granted, Tampa playing well. That game's on the road. And in Baltimore, a really tough matchup. Jaguars are teetering here in terms of their viability as a playoff team. Once thought it was a possible Super Bowl sleeper by some idiots. The Jaguars now 74% to get in the playoffs, 60% to win the division. But if you lose this game at home to the Panthers, you drop down below 50% to make the playoffs. Win, you're up to 84%. RJ. Panthers have been frisky. Defense is playing well. Interim coach has got them one second year in a row. Everybody's been talking about the Panthers did this offseason because the interim coach got them going to the end of the season. Anything um, anything you, you like here? 
Yeah, the offense looked legit in that game against Green Bay out of nowhere. And I know Green Bay has a bad defense and a lot of guys were hurt, but it hasn't really mattered for the Panthers. They haven't moved the ball against anyone this year. And Bryce Young out of nowhere has 300 pass yards. So this Jaguars defense certainly capable of getting routed. Um, but that Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay beat him with sustained pass efficiency. And we know Baker Mayfield can do that. I'm not sure if Bryce Young can do that for a second game in a row here. Um, the Jacksonville offense is a mess. Was has been a mess with Trevor Lawrence healthy-ish. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries. I think they might be better if Beathard starts this game against a beat-up Panthers defense that also dealing with a ton of injuries. Just let him go out there, manage the game, and, and win win a game by 7 or 10 rather than having Lawrence get beat up and potentially playing at a lower level that he has been playing at these last few games. Carolina has covered 3 of 4 under Tabor, and Jacksonville, like you said, uncompetitive in two straight. So weirdly enough, you get these situations where, you know, if, if the backup is in if the or the starter's coming in, the line moves up like we saw with Stroud in that Houston game. I'm kind of like on the opposite side here. Like I, I with the line moves up for Lawrence, if he's in, I want to play Carolina over seven. If the line moves down with Beathard in, I kind of want to play Jacksonville. It's just it's this weird reverse spot that you wouldn't expect, depending on who the quarterback is, that you would be on the opposite side of where the line's going. But that's how I'm looking to this game. I just need more clarity on quarterback before I know where to go. I tend to agree. Uh, all right. Next up, unless you got anything you're dying to talk about there. Prop Arizona Cardinals at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles minus 10 and a half over under 48 shaded a little bit towards the over. I can't help but like the Cardinals here. I got him as a best bet. Arizona catching double digits. <laughs> I was like I, watching the Cardinals and maybe the plays Arizona first half, but watching the Cardinals early against the Bears and then early against the um, the uh, sorry props just disappeared. He'll be back in a second. Early against the Bears, then early against the t- the 49ers the week before. RJ, I kind of felt like the Cardinals were hanging around and. You know, moving the ball, maybe it's the scripted plays early on that they're succeeding at, but it, it did feel like they were in the games early on. Then you go and look and you're like, wow, they got blown out in both of those games. So I'm not entirely sure if I should be leaning towards the first half here with Arizona or think my thought process is that the Eagles defense playing poorly, short week, they're they're just struggling as a team to really find their entire identity. You know, they they barely. I mean, the Giants they they had the Giants down for most of the game, but the Giants got right back in that one. And I kind of like the Cardinals here. Thanks in part to a pick six. I don't think the Cardinals are going to get their defense is not stopping anybody. Six point three yards per play against Chicago, mostly uh, to the run game. Um, bottom five in yards per rushing, yards per pass. Feels like a really good get right spot for the Eagles offense here. And um, that, like you said, the Cardinals offense had success against an improving Chicago defense a little bit. They could get to 20 points. I'm worried about Kyler Murray dealing with an illness right now. We'll see how that progresses throughout the week. But um, if that costs him some practice time here or if he's not 100% for the game and he plays through it, uh, that could curb their scoring because he's so essential to what they do offensively. And, and and I would worry about their scoring if he's not 100% there. So Philly's not winning many games by margin, only two wins by 10 plus all year. So I understand wanting to take the dog. And, and Arizona certainly has backdoor potential if Kyler's 100%. So I'm um, going to be looking to the over, maybe looking to the dog, but want to see how Kyler feels later in the week. Yep. Same thing. All right. Let's take a break. But first, 
Sunday, it's an NFL on CBS New Year's Eve doubleheader featuring two matchups that will shape the playoff race, beginning with the Dolphins taking on the Ravens. Later, the Bengals try to keep their postseason hopes alive when they face the Chiefs. Get set for kickoff beginning at noon Eastern with the NFL Today. Happy holidays. The NFL is on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Up next. Saints and Buccaneers, massive game in the NFC South. We'll tell you about it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, Saints and Buccaneers. Two-man show here. Myself and uh, R.J. White breaking down these final games. Uh, Prop Stars had some internet issues. We got his picks, and if he pops back in, we'll be good to go. But Saints at Buccaneers, R.J. Baker Mayfield, I mean, I'm not going to suggest that Baker Mayfield should be in the MVP race, but Baker Mayfield's playing some really good football. Best football, I mean, what's this, the 2020 Brown season? Maybe the second half of his rookie year. I mean, maybe the, maybe the best football of his career. Dealing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin's getting involved. Bucks offense. I mean, this is not a terrible Bucks team. I think if you're if you're if you're the Cowboys or you know, likely the Cowboys, maybe the Eagles, whoever is that five seed, I think you'd much rather see New Orleans or Atlanta than Tampa Bay uh, in this spot. Thought about Tampa Bay as a best bet. You actually have it as a best bet. I took Tampa as the best bet. The market liked the Saints. This was three. Once it dipped down to two and a half, I wanted to jump on the Bucks here. They're on a four-game win streak, scored 29-plus in three straight. Their offense is getting close to top 10 in yards per pass. And New Orleans defense, typically good against the pass, but played a pretty easy schedule. And we saw when they played the Rams, they got thrown all over last week. Um, they also have struggled in, in, in on the road this year. Um, so uh, when they're not facing – and when they're not facing teams like, you know, the Panthers and Giants, which is who, who their defense stepped up against – uh, later this early, you know, a few games ago, um, the Tampa Bay defense then benefited from four Jacksonville turnovers last week. I'm not convinced that they're going to have a great game here, but they are getting healthier. Um, their defense did shut down New Orleans in the first meeting. Derek Carr was dealing with an injury and playing through that, and he's been playing a lot better now. Um, my worry with him is he's played 20 road games late in the season, which I define as 13th game or later when I did a look up here, and he scored 20 plus points just four times. It's, it's, you just don't expect him to go on the road. And I know Tampa isn't isn't a terrible um, weather spot here, but you know he did play in the AFC West a lot of times, so a lot of those road games he's not playing in terrible weather anyway. Um, so, so it'll be interesting here to see if he shows up in this game. I think Tampa Bay is good enough to win this game by three. I think they're definitely the better team. Um, so I would make it this is around the right line, but I think Tampa Bay, the way with the way they're playing, they should win this game by at least three. So I have a best bet: Tampa minus two and a half. I think it's also possible we see uh, Mike Evans come out here and just with no Marshawn Lattimore. 
just good bananas on the uh, on the Saints defense because Lattimore not expected to return uh, for this game. And you look at the injury report, Saints injury report, a lot bigger than the Bucks. Bucks are actually getting healthy. Man, I'm telling you, they Bucks are gonna be under slight underdogs, like three and a half points or something like that in a playoff game at home in January and then the wild card weekend. And I'm I am thrilled to take the Buccaneers in that spot. We also have one play from Alex in this yeah. game. We know we know he loves Chris Olave, and uh, he's going to go over on the 66.5 receiving yards for Chris Olave in this matchup. Tampa Bay, we know, is a much better defending the run than the pass. Yeah. So even with team with guys getting healthier, you would expect Olave, with Carr playing well, to have a good game here. So I agree with this spot. I think Olave yeah. probably gets to the 80-yard the range or so, so I think it's a solid play. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well, especially you saw you know Olave banged up, plays on Thursday anyway. Has a really nice game, I think 130 receiving yards or something like that. Um, and then it now has 10 days to get healthier. Derek Carr has some time to get healthier. Bucks are a pass funnel. As a dog on the road, you expect him to be throwing. And Olave certainly gets the, the lion's share of those targets. So it makes a ton of sense. Steelers at the Seahawks. Seahawks minus three and a half over under 41 and a half. Really tough game, I think, to handicap here, RJ. Pittsburgh. I mean, we saw him on Saturday. Mason Rudolph looked incredible. I think most people are going to look at this game and, and see the hook and think that it's time to take the Steelers, who are at eight and seven, you know, salvage a season, have to win one more game to guarantee uh, Mike Tomlin a winning season. Probably going to come at Baltimore when the Ravens bench everybody in, in week 18. But nevertheless, you know, this is a winnable game, even with you know, two, the last two games of the season on the road, four o'clock. Seattle, Seattle won't be sleepwalking. Seattle needs this one bad. I, I tend to lean towards the Seahawks, but I don't. I don't really love either side here. I like the Seahawks. I'm not putting it in as a play because I expect the market to buy it down to three. And at that point, I want to jump in on the Seahawks playing just the three there. Um, their defense has been pretty good at limiting big plays, but they're not playing San Francisco. They had no pass plays allowed over 20 yards the last two weeks. And one of those games was against a very good Eagles offense. So I think they're playing well. They're going to get healthier. Um, it seems like Jamal Adams, Devon Weatherspoon, both trending toward playing after missing the last few weeks. That Pittsburgh game, you know, react to that, them having that great offensive day. They destroyed a really bad defense there in Cincinnati, but it was two long touchdowns on, on that in that game, and they had 4.4 yards per play on the other 56 plays. So you make them have sustained offense. I'm not sure they can do it with, with Mason Rudolph at quarterback on the road here in a tough environment. I think Seattle's going to win this game by probably at least six. Um, so I think if you want to play three and a half, and that's the only thing that's going to be available, go ahead and lay the three and a half. But I'm still going to be strategic and wait until it drops to three and then jump on the Seahawks. Uh, Alex, we did get your Chris Olave bet in on the Saints. I think RJ and I both agree with it. Low enough number, 66 and a half. Well, guys should see a ton of targets with the Bucks. Any thoughts on um, Steelers and Seahawks here? I like the spot for Seattle. I know that uh, I've been a Seattle apologist. RJ and I have been back then. Princeton, you like them as well uh, all season. But, yeah, this looks like a really good spot at home against Pittsburgh. I still have confidence that Seattle uh, has a good chance to squeak into the playoffs. So, certainly uh, playing for – playing for something here as well. And I just think Pittsburgh being undermanned, having to travel across the country uh, against the Seattle passing attack, which should have some success against a kind of slow Pittsburgh pass defense. It's been vulnerable on the back end. Uh, I've been impressed with the ascension of Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf having a really nice season as well. So I expect Seattle to be able to move the ball. I also like them actually to cover the three and a half mm. here and win comfortably. So uh, if I could, Harry, I'd love to add Seattle minus three and a half as a best bet. 
Seattle, uh, Harry can add it post facto if he doesn't feel like doing any Photoshop work on the <laughs> on the graphic that he already has loaded into uh, into Streamyard. The Bengals at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus seven. That's a and that's a that's Harry. Don't worry about it. Uh, Chiefs minus seven over under forty four and a half. Uh, prop stars. I'll go right back to you. You like uh, Travis Kelsey in a bounce back spot here after uh, sort of struggle, an embarrassing loss on Christmas Day, and and really struggling in the second half of the season. Princeton, if there's ever a get-right spot for Travis Kelsey, it is right here against Cincinnati Bengals. Watching the Bengals, if we look at all of the advanced underlying metrics, this is the worst defense in the league when it comes to covering tight ends. As you mentioned, it's been a struggle for Travis Kelsey. He's still probably the best pass-catching tight end, but that gap is narrowing uh, only 960 yards through this spot of the season as Rasheed Rice has out-targeted him quite a bit over the last three weeks as well. Uh, some people signaling a changing of the guard there in Kansas City. I still think it's going to the offense will run through Travis Kelsey, but he's failed to have a 100-yard game uh, in the second half of the season. But I like him to get peppered with targets to be the engine of Kansas City's passing attack. They can't afford to mess around, especially if there's no Isaiah Pacheco. I think this Chiefs team's going to be angry. I think we're going to see the passing game get going here, be aggressive, and this is certainly a great matchup for Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but I like him to get double-digit targets here. This is my favorite prop on the board by a significant margin. And I'm going to play the Bengals to go under their team total of 17.5 as a best bet. Kansas City has a top-10 defense in yards per play. Since he really needs Jamar Chase back to have any shot at beating a quality pass defense, and I don't think he's going to play in this game. Um, Kansas City has allowed 13 offensive touchdowns in their eight home games. Just 16.4 points per game in those games, despite facing Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, Philly, Chargers when they had Herbert, you know, a lot of very good offenses. Um, so against Jake Browning, I think they'll be able to do their jobs here. Not as confident in the Chiefs offense to play to lay the seven here, but I do think the defense is going to show up. They're all of a sudden the best unit on the team, on a team that has two-time MVP Patrick Mahomes. You know, the Chiefs defense is playing better than the offense. So I think they'll do their jobs and keep the Bengals under 17 and a half as the best bet. Chargers at the Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half. Total 37 and a half. We mentioned this in the parlay segment. Just want to point out again, six people in the circuit million played for $9.5 million, $9.4 million. Six people took the Broncos and Russ against Bill Belichick and Bailey Zappi and were knocked out. I mean, that's and what you, I mean, like, I, I don't, don't even, I'm just eating so much like Tylenol PM that I'm not waking up on Christmas Day. Like, don't even, don't even bother. If I'm not mistaken, Princeton, as well, I believe Mike Perry, who famously did not want to chop Sean Perry, Sean, Sean Perry, Perry. Yeah. okay, yes. Sean Perry, yeah. also on the Broncos. So that that was kind of the karmic relief, yes. But uh, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, Sean Perry, not Sean Perry, who said I'm not chopping in the best gambler in the world, knocked out with the Broncos. So at least that part was a nice little Christmas surprise for everybody. RJ, you've got the uh, Chargers plus three and a half here. Yeah, even though it's come down to three and a half, like I mentioned in our pick six parlay segment, I don't think it's come down enough because I do think there's a significant gap between Russell Wilson and Jared Stidham. I, Russell Wilson obviously is not getting benched for performance reasons. They don't want to guarantee his contract moving forward. They don't think that Stidham gives them the better chance to win. I don't think his numbers were fine. 66% completions, uh, 26 to eight touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, the yardage isn't you know completely there, but you know that's that Sean Payton offense and, and, and the weapons they have 
have too. So I think the market is underrating the drop to this backup here. Um, I think it's worth backing the Chargers with them still catching more than three in this matchup. I would make it on the other side of three. I don't expect a Jarrett Stidham blow-up game He like we did had last year. He knew that system. He had played with Josh McDaniels in New England. Completely different system here. I don't expect him to just come out and, and fire all over this team. So, um, so I think this is a good spot for the Chargers to get a win here, which is why we threw it in the parlay. But at plus three and a half, I'm still making it a best bet. We got five and a half earlier in the week on Sportsline, uh, but yeah. I'll still take it at three and a half. Yeah, the, dra- the drop-off is pretty significant there. And and so uh, I like that as well. Finally, the Green Bay Packers at the Vikings. Vikings minus two over under a 46 and a half. This is actually uh, back to Packers minus one and a half on the news that Jerron Hall, the rookie, is going to start for the Vikings. I guess that was already baked in because the line didn't really move or... As it moved elsewhere and just not at FanDuel. I see it down a little bit elsewhere, but yeah, still one and a half on FanDuel. I actually put this in. I was putting this in. I see, um, yeah, I hadn't moved a ton. It's, yeah, it, it was two at most spots. It's now kind of mostly one in the market, although I do see a pick on. I see one place where the Packers are favored. So it seems like there is some space for this to move right now with Hall. I think a lot of people are more optimistic with the offense with Nick Mullins. I don't know that there's that much of a difference um, because Nick Mullins is going to get you some yards and get you some touchdowns. He's also going to turn the ball over a ton. Um, Very ugly quarterback play there. Um, A lot of injuries on both sides. Hawkinson's hurt. Addison. Hawkinson's out for the year. Jordan Addison probably not going to play. Yeah. Managing an ankle injury. Green Bay has been completely beat up on the offensive side of the ball. We don't know who's going to play for them. Um, so we'll see who's available for this game. My initial lean was going to, was at the Packers at plus two and thinking that Hall could come in because um, I, you know, they didn't make a commitment to Mullins coming out of that game. And I do like the Packers with Hall at quarterback, but do want to see them a lot healthier before I go all in on them. Okay. I'm going to take the Packers at plus one and a half. I agree. Uh, I think that the injuries are a problem, but you, you, I, I would be surprised if Addison plays. We know Hawkinson won't play. I think Green Bay will have enough guys. The Green Bay defense is just pathetic. But if there's, I mean, stop. I mean, like if I, that's why I would just play Nick Mullins. He's going to move the ball against Green Bay defense pretty easily. But I think we can see a shootout. I'll take the Packers here. Anything uh, for you, prop stars? Uh, I like Ty Chandler in this matchup. Both you guys mentioned how uh, poor Green Bay's defense has been. They've been a massive run funnel, completely unable to stop opposing running backs. Ty Chandler looks like a potential league winner as well. Uh, He's running the ball very well for Minnesota, playing all three downs as well, contributing in the short area passing game. So I like him to potentially have a big game, and I'll be looking to see what his prop line uh, is, is released at. All right, Jaron Hall, yeah. Hall, I think, is a pretty mobile quarterback, too. Uh, prop stars would be looking like anytime touchdown with him, considering that they look, seem to be going with the run game here against a very bad defense. Maybe he gets in the end zone. I don't know what it's going to end up being, but I assume it's going to be pretty long odds for Five to an one, un, un, unknown seven. quarterback. Uh, so a little sprinkle there on anytime touchdown might pay off for Jaron Hall. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Dig it. All right, let's get to the recap of the week. I've got the Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half. Buffalo Bills minus 13 and a half. The Rams minus five and a half. Washington plus 12 and a half. Arizona plus 10 and a half. And Green Bay plus two or plus one and a half. Quite the eclectic collection of six bets there for me. Miss Mox is out sick today. RJ, what you on? Got Cowboys minus four and a half. The Falcons team total over or under 17 and a half. The uh, Washington team total over 17 and a half. Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Cincinnati under 17 and a half. And the Chargers plus three and a half. 
And I've got Stefan Diggs to go over five and a half receptions. Chris Olave to have at least 67 receiving yards. Seattle minus three and a half. Shout out to producer Harry for getting yeah. that up in the recap. Very well done, Harry. He is an excellent producer. And last but not least, we've got Travis Kelsey over 62 and a half receiving yards. That is my favorite prop of the week so far. And my dad as well. All right. I love it. That'll do it for us for the week 17 NFL pick show. Hard to believe that we only got two weeks left of this. But then the playoffs, exciting stuff, very close races on all the against the spread bets for Prop Stars, for RJ. I'm Brinson. For producer Harry, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys later. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24 7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.